All right, well, good morning, New Life Church. How's everybody? Good, good. Good to see you guys this day on Memorial Day weekend. I know the first unofficial uh, beginning of, uh, day of summer, even though that doesn't really hit us for a few more weeks, but uh, school's out, and so a lot of folks are hitting the road and uh, traveling. Had a great week last week at Kids Camp. Uh, you'll hear more about that in, the next, uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks at Next Gen Sunday on Sunday, June 11th. You don't want to miss that. Obviously, your kids uh, are going to be here, so you probably should come too uh, as parents. So uh, you'll be here to cheer them on. But it'll be, it'll be a great day. Last week, uh, we were in the middle of this series called The Epistles, and we're just going through uh, some of these epistles and, and going through different chapters here and there uh, and, and uh, picking out a few things. But last week, we were in Ephesians chapter 6, and we talked about the spiritual armor of God. Uh, and that title, that message was called, The Struggle is Real, y'all. And uh, it is uh, without a doubt. And so anyway, if you missed that or you want to go back and hear it again, uh, uh, just be reminded of a few things. You can always go on our website, newlifechurchofjackson.org, and you'll he- see sermons. Click it. You can listen to it or download it, and you can um, go back to that. So uh, today we're going to be in First Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll be coming to uh, the communion table uh, at the end of uh, the message today. 1 Timothy chapter 1 is where we're going to be. You know, sometimes it's good to just get um, a note, a message uh, of encouragement uh, to boost your faith, just to remind you that you're not alone, that people love you, God loves you, and He's got still has a plan and a purpose for your life, and um, and, you know, last week uh, we ended our service by praying for, for one another in groups of four, and then I ask you to just take a moment, get their name, address, and sometime during the week, later that last week, to take a moment and write a little note down, send it out, or text it out, whatever, whatever way you know uh, is be best received. And um, um, I got a note yesterday, I got a message yesterday. Anybody else get anything this week from anybody? I hate to ask you that, and people were like, no. Darn it, I forgot to do it. But good, that's good to see some of those hands. Um, uh, awesome. Well, if you didn't do it last week, you get, you get another chance. Let's try it again this week. And, um, but, you know, it's always good to get something like that um, out of kind of unexpected. Unexpected. It just has a way of touching your heart. Again, like I said, building your faith. And that's what this letter was like for Timothy. Um, Timothy got a letter from his spiritual father in the faith the Apostle Paul, and, um, and so Timothy was a young pastor of a big church there in Ephesus, and um, he, had a lot, he was dealing with challenges, dealing with conflicts, dealing with pressures uh, of life and of ministry and uh, with people, and, um, and so Paul wrote this letter. He had a window of time. Um, and he wrote this letter to encourage Timothy, to give him some instruction, to build him up. And we're going to look at a, a couple of things that, that, he, um, that he told him uh, that, is, that is helpful to you and I uh, today. You know, as we go through this, this fast-paced life, it's good every now and again to stop, slow down, pause, and remember what God has spoken. Because in our world, man, we forget, right? We forget uh, a lot of stuff. 
because we, we, get, we just got so much going on. That's just unfortunately the nature of, of society these days. But how many of you know we don't really have to go with the flow of the world? Right? We don't have to. There's a different pace uh, that, that the kingdom of God sets for believers. Unfortunately, though, as believers, we get sucked into living at the pace of the world. It's bad because we work for people in the world and they call the shots. They're our employers. They have expectations on us. They have demands on us, so on and so forth. And we kind of get, get caught up in the rat race of life and, and we, we get so busy uh, that sometimes um, we, we forget. We forget some of the good things that God has said. And so it's good to just pause and reflect and remember. This is a weekend to remember, Memorial Day weekend. Certainly a day for our country to remember. But it's also a time where we can, we can maybe reset our clocks internally to slow down a little bit. And uh, I know it's not easy. There's a lot of things that we'd have to do to change that. But it, one thing we can, we can get real good at is remembering what God has said. Remembering what he has said. And so Paul writes this to remind Timothy of a few things. And we're going to start in chapter 1, verse 1. And before we do, let's pray. God, thank you so much for today, for this time together as the family of God and being together in your presence that reminds us and does so much for us. I know today you've already lifted some heavy burdens off of us. You, by your spirit, you've already sent your help. And today we're reminded of that, we're reassured of that, and it does us good. It does our hearts good to know that we're not alone that you're with us and you're for us. Now as we open your word, we pray, Holy Spirit, blow fresh on this word. Let it be new light and new life to us. Let it bring forth the spiritual nourishment that it needs to in each and every one of our lives. Speak to us where we are, but also show us where we can be. And we love you and we thank you now for your good guiding life-changing word. Let it be such as that today in us, I pray in Jesus' name. If you like that and want that to happen, say amen. amen. So be it in faith. First Timothy 1, verse 1 says, This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, appointed by the command of God our Savior in Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. Our hope comes from God. Through Christ Jesus. Amen? Aren't you glad? Because the world let, lets us down. The system of the world lets us down. People let us down. But God in Christ does not let us down. He gives us hope. He says, I'm writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May, the God, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, may he give you grace, mercy, and peace. Right off the bat, Paul reminding Timothy... God knows your name, son. He knows your name because he knows my name, Paul says. And he says, I'm thankful that I get to know you and that I have a life, to, a part of life to play with you and, and that we're together in this thing. And he, he said, I, I want to remind you of something. First, God knows you. It's personal. He hasn't forgotten who you are. He sees you where you are, sees you right there in the middle of your life, sees you right in your struggle sees you right there in your affliction, sees you right there in the, in the good parts of life as well. He's there with you in that. And he says, I'm writing to you directly, Timothy, 
I want you to know something. This is coming from my heart to your heart. And God, to us today, says this is coming from my heart to your heart. I want you to be reminded of a few things that I know you and that it's good to be aware. He said, may, the, may, may, he said, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. You know, it's good to be reminded that we need to live aware that we are always in need of God's grace, His mercy, and His peace. Amen? That we don't ever need to let our lives get so caught up in whatever it gets caught up in that we forget that we are in need of God's grace, mercy, and peace. Amen? Verse 5 says, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. But some people have missed this whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. Paul's heart here, he's reminding Timothy, is that, hey, God wants to fill your life, and he wants to fill all those people's lives that you're responsible for that you pastor, Timothy. He wants to fill their families. He wants to fill their children. He wants to fill all believers' lives with his love. And that's the love of God. The word there, love, is agape love, pure love, unconditional love, the love of God that is only found in Christ Jesus, our Lord, He says, I I want all believers to be filled with that love. And he said, it comes from a pure heart, a clean conscience, and and what else? Genuine faith. Remember those words, clear conscience and genuine faith, because those are going to come back around here in just a moment. So Paul kind of starts out with that, and he's going to end a part of this letter uh, with that as well. And he said, these people, he said, so many people have missed the point altogether. They've complicated my love, the love of God. They've complicated God's love. They've created these issues and they, they get caught up in all these meaningless discussions. Anybody ever been a part of a meaningless discussion before? Yeah, it's just like, man, I just wasted four hours of my life, right? And it might be somebody you're trying to help, but they don't want to listen. All they want to do is talk, right? They want to just continuously and it's like, no, you, you're complicating it. It's God's love. What you need is God's love in your heart. You let his love fill you. It's going to change you, right? You let God's love in, he changes everything about us. Changes everything about our life. And Paul's like, this is what needs to happen. I'm reminding you that your life needs to be filled with that. And he goes, but he goes hey, but listen, Timothy, I, was, I also was one who used to miss the point altogether as well. He said, I used to get it wrong, and I thought I was doing everything right. Anybody ever been there before? Thought you were doing everything right, but really it was all wrong? Because it was self-ingrained, it was humanistic, it was by your own approach, by your own ability, by your own wisdom, by everything that you could create, and it wasn't fabricated and manufactured, authenticated by God's love. He said, I used to miss that too. Look at it in verse 12. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do His work, He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve Him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence I persecuted His people. He was good at persecuting. He said, but God, aren't you glad there, but God had mercy on me. 
because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Anybody ever been there before? You've done some stupid things before. Come on, we've all been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, sold it, rebought it, sold it again, made another profit, bought it back, and sold it again. Because we do that kind of stupid stuff. We get caught up in our own insolence, in our own unbelief at times. We did. Sometimes it just, it, 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 people learn the hard way, right? Some people got to learn the hard way. Sometimes we're good at learning the hard way. And I don't like learning the hard way, do you? Learning the hard way stinks. Learning the hard way, man, is, is, is brutal. Sometimes I'm determined to learn it the hard way. Doggone it, help me, God. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your peace, right? I need to be filled with your love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Not fake faith. Genuine faith. Amen? So Paul said, look, I used to be like that. Verse 14, he says, Oh, how generous and how gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. Are you starting to catch the central theme in this letter? Timothy, your help comes from God. Your purpose comes from God. Timothy, your destiny is rooted in God. Everybody that you care for, their same purpose, their destiny as well, and their help comes from God. That what you need more of is more of God. And he says, I'm reminding you, what you need more of is more of God and his love in your life. And he said, he was generous and he was gracious and he filled me with faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. And so Paul said, look, I used to miss the point too. I used to get it all wrong, but I'm so thankful God had mercy on me, saved me, turned my life around and poured out grace, poured out mercy, poured out peace, filled me with love and filled me with faith so that I could actually do what God wanted me to do and do it his way and not my way. And the good news is that's the same thing that applies to you and I today is that God has a purpose for us even when we miss the point. Here's the deal, even when you miss it, God's grace is still good enough and strong enough to cover you if you'll acknowledge that you need it. And guess what? He'll do it. He'll give it to you every single time. Why? Because he so wants you to fulfill the purpose and the work that he has for your life. Aren't you thankful for that? And he said, God fills you with faith. He gives you faith. And he gives you the love that you need to live for him and to do what he's called you to do. So there's a purpose and there's a destiny that he has. But here's the deal. We get so caught up in our, stu our stuff and in ourself that we forget. We forget to remember. What has God said? What is it that he wants to do with me? What is it that he's been trying to get across to me? And believe it or not, God has spoken. But oftentimes we have forgotten what he has said. And so we need to remember. And so the, the last part of chapter 1 is where we're going to get into these next few minutes. Verse 18, 19, and 20. Here's what he says. He says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. May they help you cling to your faith in Christ and help you keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. And as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Hymenaeus and Alexander, there are two examples 
I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so they might learn not to blaspheme God. Talk about church discipline. So the, Paul ends this chapter with reminding Timothy, reminding him of a few good things, great things, awesome things, but then he, he finishes this part of the letter by reminding Timothy, hey, remember the prophetic words that God has spoken to you. You need to remember them, Timothy. You don't need to forget them. The word, the, 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 the prophetic words, what that means is a, is a divine inspiration declaring the purposes of God in your life. Prophetic words, the prophetic voice of God is divine inspiration declaring His purposes for your life. In Revelation 19.10, we're told that the essence of the spirit of prophecy is to give a clear witness to Jesus. So anytime God is, speaks and declares something into your life, what it does, it points to the validity, validity of Jesus Christ in your life. And that God is saying, look, I have purpose for you and I'm wanting you to hear it. I want you to understand it because life will not always be like it is, but there are always things that I have for you to do. And in essence, there's a purpose, a purpose that's God-ordained, God-willed, God-given, God-breathed, that only He can bring about so long as you and I will allow Him to and give Him the room to work His thing out in our life. And so Paul, ending this part of the letter, is saying, look, remember the prophetic words that were spoken to you earlier because you're in the middle of life, you're in the middle of moving, you're in the middle of packing, you're in the middle of changing, you're in the middle of preparing for a new one, you're in the middle of, 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 of the season of change in your life, and you get caught up in a lot of stuff, we all do. So, but you need to remember, what, have, what has God spoken to you? Because here's the three things He lays out. You need to remember them so that these, you can do these three things. Number one is, He said, so you can fight well the Lord's battles. We're all in a battle. We talked about it last week. The struggle is real, y'all. Last week, Ephesians 6, we talked about it. We're all in battles. We all have battles. We all have different things that we deal with, different things that we're struggling with, different things that we're overcoming, different things that we're facing, a lot of pressure, a lot of obligations, a lot of expectations, a lot of demands, a lot of pulls, and a lot of pushes, and a lot of prods, and a lot of wants from people in our life. And all these things are going on all at the same time, and they're battles and they're struggles. And, and Paul's reminding Timothy, remember what God has spoken to you earlier, the prophetic words of God, divine inspiration, declaring God's purpose for you, Timothy, because when you're in the middle of a battle, it's important to remember what God has said. I remember two distinct prophetic words I got when I was a teenager. One was repetitive. It was constantly being spoken over me, constantly be, being just imparted into our youth group at the time, and that was God has a purpose and God has a destiny for you. Every week my youth pastor would tell us, God has a purpose and God has a destiny for you. Every Wednesday without a doubt, if I had a dollar for every time he said it, I could retire right now because he said every week God has a purpose and God has a destiny for you. And I'm so glad that word took to my life to know that, man, God has a purpose for me. God has a destiny for me. He has something good planned for my life. 
And He wants to use me to help other people know Him as well. In some form, in some fashion. Every week that was prophesied. Every week that was declared to us. And another distinct prophecy that has always stuck with me was from one of our elders in, our, in the church at the time. Was He said, God is going to use you to be a pastor to pastors. Well, you know, at 17 years old, that sounds pretty cool. Sounds awesome. Woo, man, a pastor to pastor. That sounds pretty neat. Little did I know at 17, the trials and the tribulations that I would go through as a pastor. If you're going to be a pastor to pastor, that means you're going to have to go through some stuff so that you can tell other pastors, hey, it's going to be okay. Right? God's going to use you and your husband and your spouse in, a, in, a, in marriage help. Guess what? You're going to go through some hell because you're going to be able to help others who are going through hell as well. But God has a purpose and God has a destiny and that word has never left me. I remember it to this day like it happened right now that when that elder spoke that to me, it has it stuck. He said he prayed. He, he, then he prayed. He followed up with a prayer. God, I pray you would give this man a heart like David, a true shepherd's heart to care for other people. He was imparting. He was declaring. He was prophesying God's divine inspiration and his purpose into my life. I didn't, obviously didn't understand it at the time because here's the thing. When I was going through some battles... I needed to know, God, are you sure you really spoke that to the right person? That I needed to be able to recall and remember the prophetic word God spoke into my life years and years ago that, okay, that's great, that that's going to help me out right now. You see, what you go through in your battle right now, you need to remember the prophetic words that God has spoken to you because when it gets tough... Your heart needs to stay tender. It does not need to get brittle and broken and stay in that condition. It needs to be tender. And it gets tender and stays tender when we remember what God spoke to our life earlier. Amen? And Paul knew that. Paul lived life. He'd gone through it. He knew what he was telling Timothy. Hey, son, what you're doing, I know, I get it. It's, you're in some conflict. You've got some pressure. And you've got some issues you're dealing with. And life isn't what you thought it was going to be right now. But remember, what did God tell you? What did he speak to you? Amen. But then he tells him this. You need to remember the prophetic word of God because it'll help you cling. What? Cling to your faith in Christ. Cling to... Don't let go or don't loosen your grip on what? Faith. Faith, deep conviction, trust, assurance, reliance upon whom? Christ. Salvation, redemption, deliverance, protection, provision. All of those things that Jesus is and all the things he does. So Paul tells Timothy, remember the prophetic words God spoke, because when you go through battle, you need to be able to fight well and overcome, but at the same time, you need to be able to continue to cling, not let go, don't loosen your grip to faith, your, your deep conviction, deep conviction, I'm talking deep conviction, trust, assurance, blessed assurance, 
Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. That kind of assurance that when whatever is happening around you and to you won't get in you. Amen? And so you're able to cling to your faith in Christ, who is, as, as he told Moses, he said, I am that I am. All that Christ is and all that he does, Savior, Redeemer, Deliverer, Protector, Provider, you name it, he is it, that's him. Cling to your faith, deep conviction in Christ. So when you're going through life, it's good to stop and remember what God has spoken because it'll help you cling, not loosen your grip. You know what it's like to hold on to something so tight, right? Cling to your faith in Christ Jesus. Cling to, I guess I'll have to show it to you, cling to your faith that is in, if this is clinging, me clinging to my faith, in Christ, this is Christ, I'm clinging to it, and I'm not going to let it go. Come here, Van. Try to pull me off of my faith, Van. Pull me off my faith, Van. Come on. I'm going through hell, Van. Pull me off. Pull me off of my faith, Van. Cling to your faith that is in Christ. Wherever it's pulling me, guess who's going with me? My faith. In Christ, it's not leaving me. What? It'll leave me if I let it go, right? Pull me, Van. It'll, la- it'll leave me, right? But if I cling to it and I hold fast to the faith that I have in the deep conviction, the deep assurance, the self-reliance upon Christ that He is my Savior, He is my Deliverer, He is my fortress, He is my shelter, He is my peace, He is my refuge, He is my rock, that no matter what blows on me, what pulls on me, what pushes against me, I can cling to my faith that is in Christ and that no matter what, I will be okay. And what helps me remember to do that? What God has spoken to me already. Amen. 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 Thank you, Van. By the way, Van never pulls you off your faith. He always pushes you in it. He's that kind of good brother. Fight well the battles you remember. Cling to your faith in Christ. Amen. And then he says, remembering what God has spoken helps you to keep a clear conscience. Helps you to keep a clear conscience. This is that everyday part of life. The con- our conscience is that part of our heart where we're able to distinguish what is morally right and wrong. Unfortunately, we live in a day and time where that is getting twisted. Like I said last week, people were calling evil good and good evil. People are buying into the lies. People are falling to the, to the deception. It happens to people. It's happening to Christians. Falling for false things. And this is one of the biggest anthems of Paul's preaching was to not allow false teachers into the church. And they may not step foot physically into a church, but they are in the church. They are in the body of Christ. Especially nowadays with all the multimedia facets that are around. False teaching happens. So we've got to be able to decide, distinguish between what is morally right and wrong. How do we do that? 
remembering what God has said. When you, when you find yourself at the crossroads, stop and look around. See the old way, Scripture tells us. See the old way. Look at it and then follow it. It might be called outdated, out of fashion, out of style, not relevant. Yeah, but it's reliant. It'll never lose its validity, its credibility, and its ability to change our life. And it always will point us in the right direction. God's word, what he has spoken to us. Remember what he has spoken because it'll help you keep a clear conscience in your getting up and in your going down every day. You can lay your head on the pillow at night and go to bed peacefully knowing you have a clear conscience. How? Because you were able to distinguish between what was morally right and morally wrong and actually do what was right. Amen? Amen. Even though it was hard. Even though it was difficult. But God has a way of helping us keep a clear conscience. It's our everyday part of life. Amen? So Paul says, hey, God knows you. God wants to fill you. God wants to remind you your purpose and destiny is in him. He's the one who calls you. He's the one who makes it happen. But you've got to be the one to remember it. You can't forget it. Do what you need to do to remember what God has spoken to you. Because he says at the latter part of verse 19 and into verse 20, he said there are some people who have deliberately violated their consciences and as a result their faith has been shipwrecked. To name a couple of examples, Hymenius and Alexander are just two who have done that. So not remember, if, if remembering can lead us and help us to fight well the battles, cling to our faith, in Christ and to help us keep a clear conscience daily. Not remembering leads to a life that is shipwrecked. A shipwrecked life. A life full of potential, full of promise, full of purpose, yet shredded to pieces and scattered all over, wandering through life aimlessly. That's what a shipwrecked life is like. A life that was full of all the right things, full of potential, full of promise full of purpose, but yet scattered and shred all over the place, wandering through life aimlessly, not knowing what to do with your life. Not knowing. And Paul's like, look, that happened, and that happens to people because they forgot to remember. They got caught up in life instead of getting caught up in God. They got caught up in life. And friends, I get it. We talked about it last week. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. But we have to do our part, write it, record it, so that we can remember it. Amen? I, used, I, I, I mean, I've received prophetic words and listened to them, be in a church where, they, where that would happen. It happens here. But I didn't really tend to take it too serious until about five years ago, in the sense where I started actually deliberately, intentionally trying to remember. I used to be the kind of person I would hear a prophetic word. If they didn't stick with me, I just thought, well, it must not be God. And I hate that because there's been so many things that were said that I don't really remember because I didn't write it down. 
But about five years ago, I started writing prophetic words down in church, personally and corporately as a body. started writing them down, and those, those corporate words have played a big part. And those prophetic words have played a big part in, the, in my own life and in the direction of our church. So, and, and then about a month and a half ago, I went back and I put down, uh, pulled up all the pro- prophetic words that came from January of 2015 through April of 2017 about a, two and a half pages, and I put them down. I gave them to our pastoral staff, and I uh, said, here, remember these. Keep these before you. Pray over them, and, and let's not forget what God has said. And so these, uh, we can make these available. We've made them available before, but since I'm talking about it today, if it, we, can have some, we can have these copies available to you next week, uh, next Sunday, if you'd like. Uh, but there's just some things that God spoke to us, divine inspirations declaring the purpose of God corporately as a church body that we, me personally, I'm responsible for as the pastor of the church to remember them, to pray over them, and to remind God of his promise that he's spoken to our life. But then there's also the personal prophecies that come about. I didn't bring it with me in the service, but I have a little, a little black journal, little thin notebook journal um, I have two, one's full, this one's halfway full, that I just, I started, I don't write just sermon notes in them, but I also write prayer things and, and personal prophecies and think, declarations that God would speak to me per, privately or through people, and I'd write those things down, and I keep them in that black book, and I go back through that periodically, I go way back sometimes, and just go back and, and remember the things that God spoke, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool, you spoke that then, and I my mind travels back. I remember going through life then, and I remember, oh, that word has so much power. That word helped me so much. That word helped me cling to my faith and not give up, amen? That word helped me stay with it and not forsake it. That word really encouraged me and built my faith up. That word actually helped me to be a help to somebody else. And that's the kind of letter that Paul writes to Timothy here personal declarations of God's purpose in our life. I just want to, I'm going to read you quickly these personal declarations that, uh, that I wrote for myself. You can invite, uh, well, you have the baby. Is there someone else? Okay. Hate to do that to you. Grandma, loving on the little one. Or grandmother, Nana, whatever they call you. Gam, gam. Wanna, uh, and maybe this will help you. Maybe this would inspire you. Maybe, maybe I hope. This, but, but this are some, these are some things that I uh, try to tell myself every day. Uh, I haven't been so good at it the last few months, but I was prompted to, to go back to it uh, and, and be more diligent to read these over my life, declare them, speak them over me. It's just 10. It's, they're not long. I'm just going to read them real quick. One, Declare, I love Jesus first and foremost. Try to, I'm trying to do this in the morning time. I love Jesus first and foremost. Number two, I love my wife faithfully. Number three, I love my children well. Number four, I live today to glorify God in every act, speech, thought, and attitude. Number five, today my thoughts are subject to the obedience of Christ and not free to run around in my head. Number six, I give myself today to the mission of Christ to make this world better than before the day started. 
Number seven, I encourage myself in the Lord and I will encourage others in their faith. Number eight, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus today. Number nine, today I am a more loving husband and a more tender father. Number 10, I am anointed by God, appointed by God, and gifted by God to be the leader he envisions me being. I will lead more boldly, more compassionately, and more enthusiastically. Now some days, maybe just one of those little things hits me in the face, grabs my heartstring. Other days more. But the point being is that every day, the more faithful I am to declare God's purposes in my life, the more advantage I have of them actually happening. But if I don't think about this, does it makes me think about God? Obviously, reading His Word does that too. There's something God's given us a mouth for a reason. That's not to be a smart aleck. That's not to be a gossiper. given us a mouth to get declare praise he's given us a mouth to declare his purposes in our life and sometimes we can sit and wonder why is it God coming through for me have we been diligent to remember what he said and to actually speak it into existence what happened when God created the heavens and the earth he spoke he spoke and then he's talking in heaven he said let us make man into our image in our likeness and then he did it after he talked about it problem with us as people sometimes we're real good at talking about it but we're not that great in doing it I know the road paved the road is paved with good intentions to hell I get that we all have good intentions but we don't always follow through with it, do we? Timothy could have quit. Had one of the largest churches at, at the time in the world. One of the youngest pastors there was. I mean, in, in America, you, th- you get the largest church. I mean, people like you. People invite you to come speak for them. People fly you over, call on you, buy your books, put you on TV, give you lots of money. But I just wonder how, how true that is when you go beyond the borders of America and the Western world of civilization and you go into the third world countries of, that are just being bombarded with hatred and hostility towards Christians like the Sudan. Where I just read a story just this week that a Church of Christ church was about to gather in their little building and the government bulldozed it down in front of their eyes. Do you think that stopped them from meeting? No. Because the church is not a brick and mortar facility. We are the church. Does that suck for them? More than we can even think. On a day like today, a weekend like this, as Pastor Lindsay reminded us and prayed for, a weekend to remember Memorial Day, we need to be thankful. Amen? We need to be thankful. I'm so thankful we have freedom. We don't ever need to take it for granted. And there are things that you and I and our world can do better at. Absolutely. Our own government can do better at. But hey, God never expected us to look to people. 
to do it. He expected us to look to Him to do it. And that's our job. But we got to remember, what has He said? Amen? What has He said? You remember? You fight well. Cling to your faith. Don't let go. You have a clear conscience. You don't remember. You could potentially have a shipwrecked life. And man, Paul started out the letter. I don't I want all believers to be filled with the love of God that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. But Timothy, you gotta remember. It's up to you. Christians, it's up to us. Remember. What has God said? And then pray that, speak that, declare that over your life. Amen.